Good tidings. Good morning. Welcome to the Good Tidings Radio Broadcast. I am your radio pastor, David Pinkerton, and we are glad that you're tuned in today to WXAN Radio here in Ava, Illinois. If you're listening over the radio, you're tuned in at 103.9 FM, and maybe you're listening like many of you do, and thank you for giving us that feedback that you're listening over the internet at www.wxanradio.com, and when the page pulls up, you just click on Listen Live, and thank you for the feedback Thank you most of all for the prayers. We are glad to be part of this wonderful ministry and want to encourage you, like always, to prayerfully support it, financially support it, tell others about WXAN Radio. Real quick, uh, you're going to be hearing some spots about an event that we're going to have on February the 5th. February the 5th at the J City Church in Johnston City, Illinois. Now, folks, J City Church is what the church is called, but the technical name is the Johnston City Free Will Baptist Church in Johnston City, Illinois. We are going to have a WXAN Radio Day. It's going to begin at 1030, February the 5th. Uh, Danny, Leanne, Melody, Will's going to be there. We're going to just celebrate this ministry, ask everyone to pray for this ministry and support it. Uh, We will take up a a love offering that day that will go exclusively to the radio. And they're going to ask you all to come and celebrate with us. So mark that on your calendar, okay? February the 5th at the J City Church in Johnston City, Illinois at 10.30 in the morning. Now, you'll want to get there soon, okay, because we're uh, probably going to get started a little bit earlier than that. So we're going to have a great time. It's just going to be a wonderful time. We ask you to pray about it for us and then come and visit us. Uh, I'd like to meet many of you. So when you come in, say, uh, hey, where's Pastor David? And I would be tickled to death to meet you. I want to come and meet you. Dorinda and I, our church family, just want to meet you and uh, celebrate you. We worship Jesus that day together and psalm and hymns and spiritual songs and sing and make melody in our hearts unto the Lord. So February the 5th. The J City Church, Johnston City, Illinois, 10.30 in the morning. Now, uh, about the church, Sunday school's at 9.30. The church worship is at 10.30. It's a live stream over on Facebook. It goes to Facebook and and, uh, YouTube as well. Uh, It starts at 10.30, ends at 11.30. And then uh, we're going to be promoting some other things here in the near future. So come and be with us Wednesday nights. We meet at 7 p.m. We have a prayer meeting and have a great time around the Word of God and fellowship and talk about what God has done for And it's an exciting time to be at Jay City Church. We're going to baptize this Sunday. We have one saved Sunday. And we're grateful for the souls that are being saved and revival taking place at Jay City Church. If you don't have a church home, why don't you come and be with us? Right? We would love to have So, come and be with us. Today is the 21st day of January. And we're excited to be here. So, Let's get right into it today. I've got a, I got a series of messages I'm going to start bringing next week on the 28th. But today I want to deal with a topic that God has put on my heart. It's a very important topic to all Christians and even to the unbeliever. But it's the topic of forgiveness. The topic of forgiveness. So open your Bibles this morning to Matthew chapter 6 and verse number 12. Let's look at how we can have freedom 
the freedom of forgiveness. The freedom of forgiveness. By way of introduction, a great evangelist once said that, and I quote, there is one sin that gives Christians more trouble and holds back the power of God in their lives more than any other, and that is the sin of unforgiveness, end of quote. And I truly agree with that, folks. When Jesus taught the disciples how to pray, he said, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. That's Matthew chapter 6 and verse 12, our text verse. In the midst of the Lord's Prayer, Jesus taught us great principles about forgiveness. He said, ask God to forgive your sins. He said, and then extend the same grace to everyone that sinned against you. Now, all of us, if you've been saved for very long, know that if we're not careful, we have to guard our hearts, the Bible says, about offenses that will take place. And offenses that take place can cause anger and bitterness and unforgiveness. And unforgiveness will hamper, steal the joy of the Christian. It'll hamper our spiritual growth and effectiveness for Jesus Christ, as well as our peace and our happiness. So in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 14, Jesus says, For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Now, notice that. That's important to get, folks. If ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Let's look at a couple points today about the freedom of forgiveness. And the first point I want us to look at today is this, the power of forgiveness. You see, forgiveness sets people free. Whenever you forgive someone who has hurt you, you, says, you set a prisoner free, and that prisoner is you, friend. There are two great enemies of the soul that imprison people. One is guilt, and the other is bitterness. So many people in this world are absolutely driven into the ground spiritually, psychologically, and physically by guilt and bitterness. They're imprisoned by them. But Jesus shows us how to overcome guilt and bitterness. He said, forgive us our debts. In other words, shed our guilt as we forgive our debtors. And that is to dislodge bitterness. When we are forgiven, we are set free from the prison of guilt. And when we forgive others, we are delivered from the prison of bitterness. There's a little else that there's little else that will do more damage to your body and soul, friend, than our indulgence of guilt and bitterness. Therefore, one of God's greatest gifts to us is forgiveness. Forgiveness. Forgiveness, folks, cancels a debt that is owed. Think about what a tremendous truth this is. Our sins indebted us to God. We were created to love and serve Him, but we don't do it. And as a result, we are brought into heaven's court and sued for damages that we can never pay. We are sentenced to eternity in debtor's prison. And the only way that we can be set free is to be forgiven. Hallelujah. We are free. If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. John chapter 8 and verse 36. And with freedom comes responsibility. We must also forgive, folks. When I forgive somebody, 
I cancel that person's debt to me. The word forgive means to bear the burden. If I forgive you, I bear the burden of your debt. For example, if you owe me $1,000 and cannot pay, I can say, well, very well then, I'll forgive your debt. And the act of forgiveness will cost me $1,000. It's very expensive, folks, to forgive. But remember, salvation may be free to you and me, but it costs Jesus everything. Forgiveness cancels a debt that's owed, but it also, forgiveness is an act of grace. Ephesians 1 and verse 7, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Out of the riches of his grace, the Lord Jesus paid for our forgiveness. That's the reason that we define grace as God's riches at Christ's expense. God does not overlook our sins. On the contrary, he personally paid our debt on the cross through the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Forgiveness never overlooks sin. It simply pays the debt that another cannot pay. And as God forgives us, we must forgive others. If we withhold forgiveness from someone else after having been forgiven, we dam up the steam of God's forgiveness in our own lives. And that steam stays plugged in until we repent or change our mind and confess those sins. So the power of forgiveness. Forgiveness sets people free. It cancels a debt owed. And forgiveness is an act of grace. Well, secondly, I want you to think about this today as we consider the freedom of forgiveness. And that's this. Secondly, there are compelling reasons to forgive. Compelling reasons to forgive. Because offenses are always personal and often go very deep, it sometimes does not seem to be enough for us to be told that we need to forgive. Our fleshly sense of fairness cries out, why should I forgive? Our wounded pride demands to be avenged, and a terrible spirit of self-righteousness may grab hold of our very soul. But no matter who has done us wrong, mother, father, husband, wife, brother, sister, boss, employee, pastor, neighbor, or friend, we must forgive. Church member, no matter what that person did to us or to someone we love, we must forgive. There are some reasons for letting bygones be bygones. Let me share them with you. Number one, the reason to forgive is to show God's grace. We should forgive because God has so willingly forgiven us. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 32. God has shown grace to us, and therefore we must show grace to one another. Many years ago, evangelist Sam Jones said, I had a hard time forgiving people until I made up my mind that I wasn't going to fall out with anyone until he treated me worse than I treated Jesus. Friend, we crucified the Lord Jesus Christ, my sins and your sins, the sins of the whole world. We must show grace to one another. The second reason to forgive, 
is to be released from the guilt. We bear the guilt, folks, when we don't forgive. For instance, have you ever thought of how dangerous it is to pray the Lord's Prayer? We're actually asking Him to forgive us in exactly the same way that we forgive others. If we don't forgive, then we've asked God to deal with us the same way. Well, someone might say, I'll forgive her, but I'll never have any more to do with her. Then God says, all right, I'll forgive you, but I'll never have any more to do with you. Or we say, well, I forgive, but I can't forget. So God says, all right, I'll forgive you, but I won't forget what you did to me. You see, it just doesn't work, does it? Our unforgiveness toward other people shuts out God's forgiveness toward us. In other words, our unforgiving spirit is unforgivable in God's sight. The person who will not forgive destroys the very bridge over which he and she must travel. So, the first reason to forgive, it shows God's grace. The second reason to forgive is to be released from the guilt. The third reason to forgive someone that's offended us is to avoid grief. A third compelling reason to forgive is to avoid personal harm and grief. An unforgiving spirit keeps us in bondage. When our carnal sense of justice cries out, I will not let them get away with this, I'll keep them on the hook, then we are hooked right along with them by our unforgiveness. Or someone might say, I'll get even, then I'll forgive. But that isn't so. When we get even, we come down to where the offender is. When we forgive, we lift the offender up to where we are. In addition, when we refuse to forgive and allow the bitterness to remain, it slowly but surely turns to hatred. And do you know what does what that does to us when it turns to hatred? Bitterness and hatred, friends, are an acid in your system that destroys its container that it's held in. It is slow suicide, and it creates grief beyond measure. The fourth reason that we should forgive is to gain a friend. When we forgive someone who has hurt us, we not only get rid of the resentment and bitterness that will destroy us, but we gain a friend. Jesus said, Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. Matthew chapter 18 and verse number 15. Again, Jesus taught in Matthew 5 and verse 24, Leave here thy gift before the altar, and go thy way. First be reconciled to thy brother, and then come and offer thy gift. According to Jesus, a brother is a precious thing, too precious to lose. When brothers and sisters fail to forgive one another, I'm talking about Christians, it disgraces our Heavenly Father. When our children do not love one another, we get ashamed as a parent. But when brothers and sisters in the Lord hold offenses and bitterness against one another, it is a disgrace to our Father in heaven. In addition, it discourages the Christians, the saints. 
few things hurt a church. Listen up now, church member. Listen, pastor. Listen, deacon. Listen, pianist. Listen, Christian. Few things hurt a church quicker than an unforgiving spirit. It also disgusts the lost people. Unsaved people are quick to see when there is a rift in the family of God, a rift in the church, a tear in the fellowship. I know that because I had in a church two different parties because of a business agreement they had conducted and agreed on long before I ever became the pastor of that church. They decided when the church was growing and growing fantastically that they would sue one another. And folks, unsaved people are quick to see that there's a rift in the family, a rift in the church, and believe me, the people in that county saw it, and it made a mockery of Jesus Christ. And they see when there's a tear in the fellowship of the church, and many of our, many of them are not saved. I'm talking about unbelievers who see unforgiveness among Christians themselves. They're not saved because of the sin in our own hearts and lives and the sin of an unforgiving spirit in the church. Does your church have an unforgiving spirit, Pastor? Get it right. Reconcile. Biblical reconciliation. Matthew chapter 5. For the name of God is blaspheme among the Gentiles through you. Paul said in Romans chapter 2 and verse 24. Finally, failing to forgive de- failing to forgive folks delights the devil himself. Satan, more than anything else, loves to see a Christian bound up with an unforgiving spirit. Psalm 133 and verse 1. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. And Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 19 warns that one of the six things God hates is he that soweth discord among brethren. So Jesus prayed. Listen to this. John 17. You want to know Jesus' intercessory prayer or what we really call biblically the Lord's Prayer? It's found in John chapter 17. Here it is. Jesus prayed that they all may be one, as thou, Father, art in me and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me, and the glory which thou gavest me I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one, I in them and thou in me that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me and hast loved me, or rather, and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. Read that over when you go home and open your Bible. John 17, verses 21 through 23. You see, God hates it when a Christian sows discord among the brethren, talking bad about each other, saying things that may not be true, saying things that you know will cause conflict, that's sin, that's wickedness, that's evil in the sights of God. When, therefore, Christians, we allow ourselves to be divided in our churches and in our relationships among among each other by bitterness and unforgiveness, we declare to the world that God did not send his Son and that he does not love his people as he loves his Son. And that, my friend, is nothing short of blasphemy. But the person who sinned against me, some say, is an unbeliever, not a brother or a sister, then we should pity that person all the more because he or she is blind and does not have the grace and the power that we have as Christians. 
an unbeliever in Christ is already lost and on their way to hell and does not need a Christian to drive them further along. They need to see the love of Jesus shed abroad in our hearts as Christians, one toward another and one toward them when they're lost. They need to see our love that Christ has given us. Say amen right there. The person we forgive, whether believer or unbeliever, is more than a person who has hurt us. He or she is a person who needs us. And grace is given people what they need rather than what they deserve. Now let's consider also another point as we think about the subject today of freedom of forgiveness. And that is this. There are some requirements of forgiving. Let me repeat myself. Forgiveness is extremely expensive. When we forgive our debtor, we pay up. But since Jesus paid the most, he is our model. Scripture teaches us, consider this, forgive freely. Jesus said, Matthew 10, verse 8, Freely ye have received, freely give. But some people forgive only after they've collected their revenge. They've been wronged, and they want the individual to know it. And they want him to know how badly, or her, they've been hurt. So they criticize, castigate, scold, freeze people out. They do everything they can to cause that person to squirm like a worm in hot ashes. Finally, after they have have fulfilled their pound of flesh, they feel like, well, I guess the price has been paid, so I'll forgive them. Folks, forgiving freely also implies forgiving quickly. If we are not in a hurry to forgive, bitterness will waste no time in infecting our wounds and making it much more difficult to heal. Many of you need to forgive yourself, forgive your spouse, forgive your children, your grandchildren, your pastor, your church, your co-worker. You are absolutely shackled by unforgiveness. And the Holy Ghost is trying to deliver you now in the authority and name of Jesus from bitterness and unforgiveness. If you'll listen, that's why God has me preaching this message this morning. You need to heal. So forgive quickly. Again, Jesus set the example of forgiving quickly when in the midst of his agony on the cross, then said Jesus, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Luke 23, verse 34. The Bible teaches that we're to be so anxious to forgive a brother or sister that we seek him or her out. Don't wait for them to come. Seek them out. Earlier, we read that Jesus told the offended person to go, not the offender. That's in Matthew eighteen fifteen. Look at Matthew chapter 5, verses 23 through 25, and you'll see the same principle. Jesus said, Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, and there rememberest that thy brother hath aught against thee, leave there thy gift before the altar, and go thy way. First be reconciled to thy brother, and then come and offer thy gift. Agree with thine adversary quickly, whilst thou art in the way with him, lest at any time the adversary deliver thee to the judge, and the judge deliver thee to the officer, and thou be cast into prison. 
Folks, it makes no difference that he is the one who did wrong or she is the one who did wrong. God said it is our responsibility to take the initiative. Isn't that what God did in the Garden of Eden? Adam and Eve sinned against God. And the Bible says, The Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? In Genesis 3.9. That was not the voice of a detective, but the voice of a broken heart. Adam was the one who was wrong, but God went to Adam. Just as the father ran to the son in the prodigal, the parable of the prodigal son in Luke 15.11-32. Now I'm running out of time today. But you need to experience the freedom of forgiveness. If you're here and you're not saved, Jesus died vicariously on the cross, shed his blood in our place. He paid for your sin debt. He was buried in the tomb and then resurrected the third day for your justification. And if you'll by faith recognize you're a sinner, you have nothing to pay God. You have no hope of forgiveness outside of the blood of Christ and Christ died for you and the sins of the whole world. And you will now, by faith, follow me in this simple prayer of faith from the sincerity of your heart and let God save you by his grace. Follow me, Jesus. Please forgive me of all of my sins. Come into my heart and save me. I'm trusting you and you alone to be my personal Savior. Folks, when you do that, God saves you by his grace You are born again spiritually, John chapter 3. Contact me by email, drdave13 at gmail.com, or call the station. I have materials that I would like to give you free on steps in a new direction as a new Christian. Now, Christian friend, live in liberty in 2023. Let God deliver you and set you free again from being bound up by bitterness and anger and a spirit of unforgiveness. Ask God to forgive you, forgive yourself, and go to the person who's offended you and let them go in Jesus' name and live in freedom and peace. Today, freedom, the freedom of forgiveness. Are you experiencing it? If not, you should. This has been the Good Tidings Radio broadcast here on WXAN Radio. I am your radio pastor, Dr. David Pinkerton, and I'm glad you've been tuned in. Tell a friend about the Good Tidings Radio broadcast at 11 o'clock Central Standard Time every Saturday morning here on the airwaves of WXAN Radio, 103.9 FM and www.wxanradio.com. Pull up the page and click on Listen Live. God bless you, folks. Have a wonderful day. I bring you good tidings of great joy. Oh, yes. is finally here. Emmanuel. God is with us. Oh, yes. For unto you is born this day. Savior Christ our Lord. So fear not, fear not, but I bring tidings of great joy. I bring you the tidings of great joy. Oh, yes. The day is finally here. Emmanuel, God is with us. He's with us. Yes, He is. For unto you is born this day the Savior Christ our Lord. So fear not.